Hey, good morning. Good morning, DCF family. Um, we're so glad that you're with us this morning, and we are so looking forward to what God is going to do in our midst with us, in us, and through us. And so um, we are going to have Mladen speaking shortly, and we are so glad that he is here with us. He's a very, very dear brother to us here in this house for about 30 plus years, I think, so um, or right at 30 years. Um, but we love him. And so um, we are going to go into our worship time. If you will stand with me. One of the things that we love is how um, the Holy Spirit loves to talk to his bride, how he loves to share his heart and disclose what Jesus thinks about you this morning and what he thinks about his body, what he thinks about his bride. So this morning, if you get um, a picture or a word or a scripture, like the Lord wants to speak to us first as individuals, but if you feel like that is something that is for the body, we are going to have elders that will be overseeing the service today. We'd love for you to come and share that with us so that we could administrate that appropriately for the body. And um, we are so glad that you're joining us this morning. So thank you for choosing DCF and just a welcome to our online viewers as well this morning. So uh, let's pray together, y'all. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning, Lord, for your amazing grace, Lord, that um, we have an ever-increasing kingdom that we're living in, Lord, and that grace perpetuates through eternity. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you call us much-loved sons and daughters, Lord. And so, God, we thank you that this morning that the blood of Jesus is more than enough to draw us to you, to keep us in you, Lord, to restore us to you, to restore us to your heart. Father, we welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us to disclose all the things that Jesus thinks about us and what his heart is towards us this morning. Would you speak to the, your body, Lord? Would you speak to your bride? This morning, we declare that you are the head and we are the body. And Lord, we want to hear and we want to see Lord, we want to know what you're doing, Lord, so that we can move with you and in rhythm and in cadence with what you're doing in the earth today, Lord. We want to say, let your kingdom come in this moment, in this house, Lord, as it is in heaven, Lord. Let it be so on earth in our midst, Lord. We bless you this morning, King Jesus, because you are worthy, worthy, worthy. And it's in your great name that we pray, Lord. Amen. Let's worship together, y'all. i 
us in this powerful community. It is all of us. The Lord dwells with us in delights, but he wants to hear the chorus and the harmonies of all of us lifting it up. So I challenge all of us. If it's a joyful noise or if it's beautiful, it is beautiful to him because he made our vocal cords. So he's delighted. He just sits there and I can't wait to hear Mark. Ooh, I can't wait to hear Marcy. I can't wait to hear Dave. The tenderness and the squalling, he wants to hear it. So do you accept that challenge with me? Lord God, we come to you, all of us in community, and we worship you. We worship you together.
Lord. What an honor that we get to pour love on your feet, Lord. That your heart is drenched with the praises of your people, Lord. Lord, we worship you and we honor you this morning, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the example of the woman who took a costly perfume and she poured it out, Lord, on your feet, Lord. This morning, I know that there are sacrifices of praise, Lord, in the fruit of lips in this house this morning, pouring love and adoration on you, Lord, in defiance of what they see, in defiance of what is occurring in their lives, Lord. There is a praise and there is a sacrifice, Lord, Lord, that is washing over your feet, that is washing over your heart, Lord, in this moment. Thank you, Lord. We pour our love out on you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, that it is oil upon your feet. Lord, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. It is our response to this great love that has been poured out on us. God, thank you for tender mercies this morning. Tender mercies, God, to bring comfort, to bring delight, Lord, over your people, Lord. God, that you are a strong tower, Lord, and the righteous run into a refuge, Lord, that is safe, that is full of protection, Lord. This morning, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your name has been exalted above every other name. It is the name that is worshipped in heaven. Lord, it is the name that is worshipped and made high in the earth, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen. Amen. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. Um, thanks for being with us and choosing to worship. Um, if you will, turn your attention to the screen. We have a testimony for you. Um, one of the things that we've done is we've just done, um, we've kind of completed and finished out our fall semester of community groups. And our community groups this past semester was on spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the weapons of our warfare to live in this life and to bring the kingdom of God to bear against the kingdom of darkness. And so um, if you missed out on that, um, there's ways that you can access it. Those of you who've gone through it, I would encourage you to go back and to revisit it, massage it in, get it in, um, live it. Um, I know for me, one of the things that um, just sharing about these with the community groups is that we didn't want you to just have more information. If you've been in the church for a little while and you've understood about the gifts, I'm excited for you. But it's not just about getting information and stopping there. It's about activating what you know about the kingdom of God into the lives of the people around you. And so Mickey's testimony is going to take us outside of the box of the four walls into where we find ourselves in everyday life. So listen to this testimony. I don't know how this ties into one specific gift necessarily, but I will say going through this study, I've been a little more open to different opportunities and things like that, or having opportunities 
come to me. And so I had an experience happen Saturday. I'm typically by myself on the weekends. And so I decided to go to a few yard sales because I knew that Karen and Dave were having one. And so I'd been to a few and then I was really tired and was gonna go home. And then I just kept thinking, I'm just gonna go this one more, there's one more. And so I went to this yard sale and it turned out to be some of Shauna's clients who I had not seen since before the funeral. And um, I was just talking with them and, you know, just sharing about Shauna's life and getting to share her testimony. And uh, we cried together and stuff. And then the daughter was talking to me in the garage and she said, I just wanna pray for you just a second, is that okay? And I told her it was fine. And so then her mom came over to join us. And before we could start praying, this couple starts walking up and she turns around and she says, y'all just shop, we're just gonna have a little prayer meeting. And the man says, actually, I came back because I was here a minute ago and I feel like I, God gave me a word for this young lady. And previous to this study, I would have been like, you need to go away. <laughs> I would have been a little freaked out by that, but it was really neat. He came over to me and he just shared that he had been walking around the yard sale and he had heard our conversation. And he said, I walked away and I just got the strongest sense that the Holy Spirit was here and that I needed to come back and that I needed to share with you that the Lord wanted me to tell you that you're in a, in a season of transition and things seem really, really tough right now, but it's gonna get better. And before we could pray, another lady had walked up and she had been through a similar situation of losing somebody and it just, it was incredible. We all stood in the garage in the middle of this yard sale, <laughs> holding hands and praying. And, um, you know, it was just, it was really neat. And I was just way more open and able to receive that. Whereas I think before I wouldn't have been able to. So y'all, the gifts are beyond these four walls because the kingdom of God is within you. And so God is a communicator and he is always talking to you. He's always talking to me and he wants to reveal himself and connect people to his heart in everyday life. So I just encourage you, listen up, pay attention, be sensitive to what the Lord is saying and what he wants to do for your life. So, amen. If you're new with us, if you're a guest, um, we're so glad that you've chosen to be with us. Please go to our um, connection card on dothancf.com. We'd love to get in connection with you and get to know a little bit about your story and how that story connects into vision and where we are headed as a local body within this city and this community. Um, November the 5th, we are going to be doing Christmas Hope. It is partnering with Fostering Hope for sponsoring children in the Wiregrass area and region. This year, we are going to collectively be doing um, sponsoring five children. And on November the 5th, there will be all kinds of details of how you can get um, the specific items and specific things for different children. So, but remember, we are going to collectively sponsor five kids as a church community. Diane is going to be heading that up, and she's already been talking to team leaders. So five kids will have five different colors of tags to make sure that we cover and get everything together. Okay, praise God. And then November the 5th, after that day, who in here likes to have party and decorate for church? like for Christmas, not church. We're going to be decorating the church for Christmas. So um, so you're invited to that. Grab a lunch afterwards, head back at 1.30, and we're just going to hang out and have a great time that morning. And then our Friendsgiving of where we just get to have community is going to be on November the 12th. It's after service here, and it is a bring-your-own picnic-style lunch. We're not doing a big hoopla of setup. 
It's your own lawn chairs, picnic blankets, what you want to do and connect in family and get to know one another. And we're going to have some fun games and family fun and stuff like that. So more details will be coming about that for you. There are multiple ways to give. We're so thankful for the generosity that comes into this house and comes through you. And we're going to be speaking into that a little bit more and how we are going to be able to utilize funds more um, into local things as well as nations. And this morning, we're going to dismiss our kids and our youth, um, and they're going to be going to their classrooms. But on giving you guys, you can give online, dothancf.com, and if you're in person you want to give, you can give up in the box. So we'll be right back with a message from uh, David and Mulauden. All right, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Wave at me if you're still awake. <laughs> wasn't that an amazing worship time? That was, that was so cool. I don't know if you noticed, but Rodney wasn't singing this morning. Anybody else notice that? Um, he had a little bit of laryngitis, and so um, Our Lady stepped up and did a phenomenal job. So thanks to those guys. We really appreciate that. It was amazing. I, just, I was sitting over there just soaking. Just, man, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm loving this. Uh, we have a special guest. I'm going to ask Maladin if he will. He's going to come up, and he's going to sit right here. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a different kind of service this morning. We're going to interview Bladen um, a little bit, and he's going to share something before we kind of wrap up for the day. Uh, but this is Mladen Tomicic. Mladen is a wonderful brother. He is not a missionary to Bosnia. He is a pastor in Bosnia. And so um, he, we've been doing this series called The Local Church. Um, and, you know, what, how does, why does the local church matter? And so we've been part of Mladen's ministry over there, back and forth, here and there, and supporting them yeah. financially for a long time. And then um, they were actually, uh, this church was actually supporting Mladen and others there in Bosnia. How long now, Mladen? From 98, I think. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time. 98, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk a little bit about him. Again, Mladen is a pastor. Mladen is an entrepreneur. Mladen owns a coffee shop in Sarajevo, which is the, um, the main city there in, in Bosnia. Um, he's a husband. He's a father. He's the vice president of Evangelical Alliance. He yeah. is newly formed in <laughs> Bosnia, which is yeah. phenomenal. Gives them a lot more say into the government and uh, gives them a lot, a lot, lot more influence. It's a really cool thing that's happening. But I'm just, uh, just going to take a minute and just allow him to just share a little about about who he is and maybe his family and his his nation a little bit. So, yeah, thank you. Well, it's great to be here. Really, I'm, I'm 47. I got old. I was young when I met DCF people. I was uh, 22. So, yeah, I know you guys half of my life. Not all of you, some, you know. But, yeah, I'm uh, 47. I have a wife and a kid, one son. He's 14. Uh, I don't know. I've been, I'm a Bosnian with a Catholic background. I got saved in 99. Uh, me and my wife, we started the church in 2003, so it was shortly after I got saved, and I've been pastoring that church ever since. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I have a coffee shop for the last 13 years, because our churches are small, and it was, it's difficult to, to get finances enough. So, But it's good also that pushed me out into the world and among people and just use my gifts in that way, so it's been a great journey, and you guys been part of our journey for all these years, so I'm glad I'm here, I don't know. That's good. 
You ask me some questions, yeah, yeah, but you know better what to do. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, Bosnia. It's Bosnia-Herzegovina. Am, mm -hmm. am I pronouncing yeah. that? So tell us a little bit about the, the nation and kind of the church in the nation and what yeah. that looks like. So yeah, most of you older maybe know Bosnia was part of Yugoslavia, which was pretty, it was like communist country, but it was not like Russian communism. It was pretty light. It was more socialist. So in the 90s, the war broke and uh, the Yugoslavia just got, you know, in many different small countries, which is like Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Macedonia, Slovenia. So, yeah, that's the, the war was on a national war. It was um, uh, nationalities fighting, which is long history in that region. Forever, you know, Balkans, we, we, you guys, Americans even invented the word to explain conflicts between small minorities called Balkanism, is it? Am I right? Yeah? Did you guys hear that? So, so we even have a word <laughs> for, for conflict that it's part of our, where I'm from. So, yeah. So Bosnia was in a war. I was in a war there for four years as a kid. Uh, went in high school actually during the war. Uh, it's so there was a lot of you know a lot of bloodshed, a lot of neighbor killing a neighbor, some really crazy stories. People being friends till one day and then tomorrow they are fighting each other. A lot of pain, a lot of broken relationships, mixed marriages that just start you know like for example where I'm from, my uncles were on one side. And me and my family, we were on, on another side. So my uncles were actually throwing bombs <laughs> where I lived. And, you know, my father was part of the army also. So, so it's a very complicated situation, but we still feel effects of the war. Uh, it's still on the news all the time. They're still discovering mass graves uh, in Sarajevo only during the, the siege more than 600 kids under 18 died from snipers, bomb shells. So, yeah. So when I see a war that is happening right now in the world, in, in, in Israel, in, in Ukraine, and other parts of the world that maybe are not so much in the news, it's, uh, it's not fun. It's, it's, uh, it's more than just right or wrong. It's uh, people's lives and so... So, um, how big is the nation? Like, like, what's the population of the yeah, nation? Yeah. And then, how many Christians yeah. in, in your nation? So, it's about 3 million people. Uh, we had, so we are all first generation of believers. None of us is from Christian home. No, none of us who are pastors, now leaders, grew up in a Christian home. There was no Christian homes. There was... Catholic Church, Orthodox Church, as a Christian, let's call churches, but, you know, it's like not, it was nothing. It was, there was no gospel preached, there was no born again, there was no any of that. So the church kind of started during the war, and after the war we have like small revival almost. It was a revival comparing to how is it now. <laughs> so... Uh, in Bosnia, it's about maybe seven, it was, let's say, seven, 
eight years ago, there was about 700 believers in all country. And now it's about 200. So we even got smaller and it's becoming very difficult to, to share, to preach. People are just, it's like closed, no, it's just like, so, yeah, it's been hard. We saw some churches that were, you know, open for 20 years, closing their doors. You know, youth, it's leaving. We have, that's a huge problem. A lot of people left to the West for a better life. And not just economic situation, but more atmosphere. You know, it's very depressing. So, young families, we have gap. Like, we have some kids and we have older people, but we don't have... 25 to, to 35, let's say. We, we are missing that generation completely. So, so tell us a little bit about like what church looks like in Bosnia. So you, you pastor a local church, and then there's other churches in different parts of the country, some in Sarajevo, yeah. some different places. So what does a local church look like? What's, what's maybe similar to what you see here in, in uh, the West, and maybe what's different? Yeah, well... <laughs> we have worship. <laughs> we get together, then we worship, and we pray. But somehow, some legalism also came in, I would say, some legalism. And uh, I think part of it, we, we lost that message sometimes. Out of Because you want people to go, let's go do something, let's move, let's move. And then maybe out of that passion, we... I think I crushed some people also in the church. I heard them out of my desire, let's, let's go, let's do, la, 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 we need to get country for Jesus. And I didn't realize that it's, I'm not the measure how people should be. So I think a lot of leaders are struggling that also to grow in that way. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, all this time, it's mainly one main show. Like I saw you during Corona. Yeah, I, I would watch the YouTube, the yeah, your right. church, and David leading worship, preaching. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's there all the time. Not just, not just. Yeah, it's because uh, we, we we don't have enough people to to cover all what what it's. So I didn't know how to play guitar until I started the church, and there was nobody to lead the worship. So. I had to learn. Yeah, that's how. Necessity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've, we've been, uh, Karen and I have been to Bosnia. Several people in DCF um, have been over to Bosnia, Sarajevo, and different places uh, in the country. And so, again, Mladen does so many things. He leads worship. So we would go over, and in his church, um, he would open the service, so he would host, and then he would, he would switch hats. Not literally, but yeah. he would switch hats, and he would, he would lead worship. And then, um, and then if, if, if I came up to preach, then he would translate. Like he said he yeah. was translating. But I noticed several times when I would say a phrase, then he would like talk for way longer than what yeah. I just said. And so I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I wasn't born yesterday. So I asked him, I'm like, brother, <laughs> are you saying the same thing I'm saying? He's like, no, brother, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and he said, he said, some of the things you say make no sense to the Bosnian people. Yeah. So I have to explain you to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I say all I that. I think to them also. <laughs> yeah. So. so I say that. 
<laughs> so I say all that to say, you know, for him, sometimes as, as Americans, again, if you haven't traveled outside of America, you, you don't know this, but if you have traveled, even if you travel to other Western nations, you travel to certain parts of Europe, of course, Canada, things like that, um, the first world, what, you know, what we call the first world, just means, you know, the most um, affluent nations, the, you know, all those things. Um, and, and so often we have no idea what those other nations are like. I mean, we see things on television, you know, but it's kind of like we're watching that while we eat dinner or something. <laughs> and, we, and we go off and do our American thing. We just don't have this concept. And I just remember the first time I, we arrived in Bosnia. Um, so, you know, it's eight hours different. So I was pretty uh, jet lagged. But I remember when we arrived in uh, the nation, we got on, in the car or whatever to, to drive. We landed there in Sarajevo in the airport. And then we're driving to where they lived and, and where we were going to be hosted. And uh, I noticed all the buildings, you know, like almost every building you could see had these massive pockmarks in them, like these huge, you know, exp uh, where there were, I guess, uh, shells that exploded in these. And then also on the ground, you would see uh, these, you know, where the where uh, bombs or, or I guess what they call them, uh, shrapnel had hit. Yeah. And it just, and, it, and where it had killed people, they had like filled it in red, I think, red, I yeah. what they call it. So red roses. Yeah, red roses. Uh, got it. Yeah. So, so, you know, so walking around, one of the things that was so, so challenging to me, because we, you know, I'd been uh, in Desert Storm, and so we'd seen some stuff, um, understood a little bit about battle and warfare and that kind of thing. But the siege in Sarajevo, if you ever get a chance to, to you know, go look it up and, and see what happened, um, it was surreal. It was a, it was a, you know, Bosnia was considered a first world nation in Europe. It was, you know, it was moving forward. It was growing fast, just like all the other nations. And then ethnic cleansing and some, I mean, it was the first, it was the first war where rape was used as a weapon. Huh. Um, and so there's some documentaries out there. When you see it, it's just really, it's really hard to explain, like he's talking about, the, the discouragement that you feel. It's because it, it's not just natural. There's trauma everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's no one mm -hmm. who didn't know someone who, what, who was mm -hmm. killed or, you know, or, or maimed in that battle. And then also just being under siege for, was it five years? The, the mm -hmm. city was under Four. siege? Four years. Um, so almost no food coming in. I mean, it was just, it was just a really, really, really interesting, crazy kind of experience. And so just being there, we could feel the weight just over that region. Um, and it's dark, you know, like he's saying, there's, it's really, really challenging. Um, but what's so amazing is we would go in and, you know, we would see and you feel that just oppression, the spiritual oppression over just the entire nation, not just the city, but the entire nation. And we would go into service with these guys and, and just, you know, begin to praise, you know, he would switch his hat and start leading worship with his guitar and just, and, and we're singing, you know, and, and all the words, I'm like, there's way too many consonants in the Bosnian language. I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't, uh, that's, I can't help, I can't sing. I'm like, I just can't do it. So I'm trying to sing the songs in English. And so it's really challenging. But what was so amazing to me is it just, I mean, maybe a minute, it took a minute. And the presence of God would come in. Mm -hmm. And you just feel what the Lord was doing in his, in his heart and his love. For, for a people that were just, you know, the enemy just tried to, ex literally tried to exterminate. And so one of the things we, you know, we prayed about, about Bosnia as a church and as a leadership team way back when we first got here. And we really felt the Lord say, I, I want you to support these guys. And so for a season, we were taking teams over. And we did that for a while till you know, right before COVID. COVID kind of challenged everybody in the world, including these guys. Um, but we've, we've been... Um, sending finances. We've been giving money towards what they're doing over there, and they've, they've had other support as well. 
But part of our heart is we want to lean more into that. So we've been talking about this as a church. What does it look like to, you know, if we can't go there, um, and I would love for us, and a lot and I have been talking about maybe in the future, in the near future, as they kind of settle some things after post-COVID, um, look at sending teams back over there. So, you know, this morning you guys praying about, hey, Lord, are you putting something in my heart to go there and just minister in, in a team setting? Like we talked about with the, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, uh, whatever passions you have. But also in the meantime, you know, we can come alongside these guys and support them financially. And so that's, some, that's what we want to do. And as you give into DCF, that's what we do. We want, we, we're, we're giving, have been giving, gave throughout all COVID. We didn't stop doing that. But what we want to do is we want to support them more. Because, again, part of the biggest challenge they have is, like he says, economically, uh, almost no one is a full-time pastor. Everybody's by, by vocation because there's just no money um, to, in the economy to give. So I just want you guys to pray about that. And I want him to share a little bit about kind of the vision moving forward to the, in the future, what, what he senses God has for him personally and his family and his church, but also just the, the, the church, Big C Church, in Bosnia and there in Eastern Europe. So would you share a little bit just about your vision for the future? Well, I would like to be more like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Good looking? Yeah, Yeah. good looking. Positive, (laughs) positive people, you know. No fear, no, no, not anxiety. I could really connect to that song. I really thank you, worship team, for, for serving this way this morning. It was really good for me. So, yeah, I mean, my vision... You know, I came on this trip actually to, and I, I talked to you about that, yep. to actually, because when you are in some environment all the time, you need to move away a little bit just to get new perspective here, different people, and actually people who are listening to the Lord, and they can give you some, some you know, the word from the Lord. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're looking into moving ahead and hopefully having more biblical foundation and leadership style with, with the, you know, apostle, prophets, and, and all that fivefold ministry that we somehow over there pretty much for a long time neglect. And it was, it was a lot of need-driven church. Yeah. And yeah. that really, I think, sucked life out of a lot of leaders because you are all the time just whoever needs something, you're just giving, giving, and it's... And then you feel like I have nothing more to give. So, so that definitely needs to change the way we approach ministry, the way I, I approach life in general, you know. So I'm, I feel now I'm, I'm, I should be just ready for a ministry and I already had a, maybe two burnouts. <laughs> so, and it's wrong. If I was young, I, was, I didn't know how to, I didn't. We didn't have enough support from, just not support financially, but we didn't have a gray hair people. We didn't have fathers. So we were like, I think there's that movie, Lord of Flies, or how it's, you remember an old movie with those kids? Yeah, I reference it often. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So that's how we were, you know, like a bunch of young guys just, you know, let's figure out how to live, live this life, so... So that's, I hope we gain enough wisdom, hopefully, you know, at least enough wisdom to know that we don't know and that we need Lord to, to that we cannot do this job without him, yeah. that we cannot reach the country without his 
supernatural, let's call it, but for him it's and should be for us natural. So that's how, where I want to grow. That's what I want to see more. That's what I want from you guys more. You can give us more of that. That's what we, we need to see the Spirit of God moving. So I don't know. Did I answer no, that's, the that's question? A, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember one trip, Mladen uh, took me fishing. Um, so when you go fishing in, in Bosnia, it's a little different than when you go fishing here. So we went to a place, I guess, where they, there was a road that went down mm-hmm. into, it, literally down in the water because they flooded like an area. And so it was now a great fishing area. So yeah. a couple, couple hours from Sarajevo. Yeah. And so um, I, I caught bigger fish than a lot of two. I need to make that point. It was this big fish. <laughs> <laughs> but they were bigger. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, um, but at, we were there in this beautiful surrounding, you know, this mountain, a very beautiful place, um, Bosnia. And so there were mountains and, you know, it was just wide open. There's nobody out there. And I'm like, hey, man, let's, this is beautiful. Let's just go for a walk. And he, looked, he says, no, brother. And I'm like, um, you have problem with walks <laughs> he says no I have a problem with minefields Dave. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so you don't get off the beaten path obviously because there are still minefields in there and again it's so easy to forget because you know because we just don't have a reference point for that um, but in their nation when they have sometimes when they have too much rain and and you know they have landslides or or the ground moves it, it literally uncovers mines mm-hmm. that are what, 20-something years old now, and then kids, you know, playing in an area that used to be safe or they thought was yeah. safe, and they end up, you know, being maimed for life. And so, again, it's just a, I think it's a, a, a tough thing to, when you say, what can be done, right? How can, it, when you look at the challenge sometimes, and I know we feel this in our own, in our own private world, it's like, what, what can be done? And I think that's the right question, actually. And I think Mladen's kind of pointing that out. It's like, um, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do, and then, and then that's all you can do. And so if we don't rely on God's ways being higher than ours, mm-hmm. then what we'll do, and like he's referencing this, is because they were a first generation of believers and didn't have fathers, mm-hmm. they made all the mistakes that we take for granted that our fathers have saved us from. You know, there's a there's an inheritance that we've been given just as believers in, the, in our nation um, and having spiritual fathers, whether we're aware of it or not. And so now, you know, as we talk about these things and how we move forward and how we can help as a, as a local church reaching out into the nations. And one of those things is, is to be fathers and mothers. Um, you know, we think about in our, our world sometimes like, well, I, I didn't go to Bible college, you know, so what do I know? And I promise you in so many ways just your experience growing up in church or your, you know, your time in church, you have something to bring to Bosnia. Um, and, and not just, you know, again, giving money. I hope, I hope you do give towards, you know, towards this. Um, but also just really think about taking, a, you know, a, short, a short-term mission trip over there when we get ready to go um, and, and bring your strength. I know some of the people who've done that here in DCF, they're like, that changed my world. It changed something inside of me as a believer to recognize what God was doing, not just here in our own local church, and that's powerful, and we're going to keep doing that. But also the Lord has connected us not just to neighbors, but to nations. And so when Milad and I first met, we just we automatically connected, and we've been friends for the whole time. And, and again, as we move forward, now these guys are becoming the gray hairs, as he mm-hmm. called them, in their, in their country. And, and one of the things they, they need is they just need support. 
both financially and emotionally and all those things. And so part of what we can do in doing that is help create margin. And so one of the things we did, and again, some things as, as you're able to give more and as we're all able to give together, we can make some things available that haven't been available. One example is at, uh, there was a, a conference in Dresden, Germany. Mm. Um, and, and so we paid for Mladen to, to take a trip from where he was to Germany. And then I flew from here to Germany. I met him there for the conference. And I remember at one point we were sitting in this, you know, Dresden was East Germany, so it was communist before. Mm. And so we were sitting having after one of the conference sessions, it's, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock, and we found the only place we could find coffee was at a bar in one of the, the communists, used to be the communist sector of, of East Europe in Dresden. And he made the comment, he said, look at this. <laughs> He's like, we're sitting in just what 15 years ago yeah. was a communist country that if, if we were here just as believers, we would be killed, imprisoned and probably killed. And he goes, and you're a Westerner from the United States. He said, we're here in this conference. And he goes, and I was from a communist nation in the East Bloc, former Yugoslavia. He goes, how in the world did God put us together like this? No. And I, but I think that's the answer, is that's how God does it. It doesn't make sense that a local church in Dothan, Alabama, is going to help support a nation, you know, in, in Eastern Europe somewhere. We're like, Lord, you know, we could just give some, to someone closer. Yeah. But it's not how God does it. I mean, you, you can do that if you want, but God's not interested in geography because, you know, it's all one big world to him. What he's interested in is relationships. So I just encourage you guys, again, get to know Bosnia, get to know, you know, who Mladen is, um, look into the nation as, as we, again, get ready to launch out and do some mission trips over there, that you would want to be a part of that. So pray about that and ask the Lord to be a part, but also just give and say, Lord, take what I'm going to give, whatever it is, you know, ask the Lord. Whatever I'm going to give, Lord, would you take this and would you build the local church in Bosnia? Would you do that? You're building it here in me, and I'm serving here, and I'm giving here. But would you take this and just, again, just do something powerful in, in uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of step off the stage, and I'm going to let Mladen just take the last few minutes of the service and share just something from Scripture and minister to us for a minute. And then he's going to, when he finishes up, I'll come back up and wrap, wrap up their service. Okay. So I'll start from, from my first time I was in Dotan, actually. I think that's what really connected me to DCF was uh, in 2000. I came with another Bosnian guy and our pastor, and he wanted us to come with him on a trip. He wanted to raise some money for the ministry that he was part of. So I came to Dotan. Like today, they slept in the house of one couple that used to be part of DCF. And that night, I get a phone call from my parents. Uh, my brother was killed. He was 26. And that night, before I get that phone call, we were praying. And Terry Mitchell was part of that prayer. And he prophesied over me, and he was like, man, there is some huge pain, and God is telling you he's with you, he loves you, and tra-da-da. And I'm like, man, my life is great. For the first time, I'm saved. I get to know the Lord. I finished with my old life. There was mess. Home, it's good. Family, everything. I'm in America. Unbelievable. 
what pain, you know. And then a few hours after that, I get this phone call. So I felt, as soon as I got that, I got throw back picture to me of that prayer time we had a few hours before, and that God was like speaking to me and preparing me for that. So I flew back home and, you know, I've been there with my family through that time. And, but that really, the way DCF reached out to us, love we, I received from, from DCF all that time, really connected me to, to Dutton, Alabama. I've been really, you know, when I say to people, you know, so where are you going? I'm like, hey, I'll go to Dutton. It's like, where's, where's Dutton? It's Alabama. What are you doing in Alabama? Well, I have brothers and sisters in Alabama, so I go there. So that was the big thing in my life. That was my first crossroad. Okay, I, I'm a, I was a believer one year. Uh, my brother was sitting with his girlfriend, his fiance, and this guy just came and attacked him. He was a very nice guy, not doing any problems, drugs, nothing. He was just sitting on the bench eating a sandwich. And they came and attacked him and uh, stabbed him with a knife and killed him. His name was Krashimir. So I was like, God, what is this? I thought, I'm with, you are with me, with my family. Why is this happening? I didn't hear nothing back. I just heard, I'm in control. I'm still in control. I didn't change. Nothing changed. Year after that, I got married. Me and my wife, we moved to this small town. We started a church. It's doing great. Everything is great. We're young. We love each other. She got pregnant. Beautiful. And then we found out she's uh, the, the child, my first son, it's ill. In, while she was still pregnant. And they sent us to abortion. So, of course, we didn't do that. He was born. He lived for 11 years. He died. Nine years ago, uh, his name was Andre. He was a child with special needs. Uh, DCF was with us through that time also. And uh, loving on us, some families from here also who had child with special needs, we really connected with them. And so that was special. But also, if, you know, for you to get to know me, you need to know my story. And uh, my story, it's God's story. And your story, it's about God's story. None of us would have any story. I would not have my story if God was not in it. No matter what. No matter what. So we have another son. His name is Aaron. He's uh, 14 now. He was five when our oldest died. And uh, today we sing a song. And there was a verse that like God will stand up the last or your words will be the last. Lead worship team, help me. What was that? Anyhow, it reminded me on the book of Job when, when Job says to, to the God, you know, uh, he's the one who will stand up the last and judge the world and my eyes will see him. You know that scripture. So God will, is the last one who will stand up no matter what happened in this life. He has the last word. 
he has the last, not a judgment on anybody, but just no matter what's, what, what my point is, no matter what's happening in this world, no matter what's happening in my life or your life, should not change who God is. And, and we've been so bombarded, especially in this time, with different ideas, different approaches, different views, what's life, what's worth it, what's this, what's that. And it's not easy to stay focused. Really, it's not easy to, to push back everything but social media, people, news. You know, everybody wants you to have an opinion about something. And often those opinions are in contradiction with this book, often. And it's really hard. It becomes harder and harder to keep all those ideas and keep this idea clean without adding whatever its trend, whatever it's the society wants us to add. And we know, unfortunately, to who society belongs today. So, David said, when you see them that they are getting boring, just quit. Just stop. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so I'm not looking at you. I'll just do my thing. <laughs> and that's it. I love the word of God. It really kept me going all these years. I have a great marriage. I have a great life. I would not change my life with anybody. There is no person on this planet that I would change. Like, hey, you know, I would like to live that life. I'm called into the story. And you are called into, we are called into the story. And it's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest calling ever gave. I said often, you know, I grew up in a, my dad was alcoholic, so I often felt like, man, you know, every, everybody's doing good, everybody's having good life, everybody's la la la, and I'm here suffering. And I realized many things missed me. I, like, I missed many things. I don't know. Sorry for my English. I'm trying my best. I don't, okay. sorry guys, I don't preach on English usually. So, but who knows, maybe. That's my future. <laughs> I'm joking. So I said many things miss me in life. The way I grew up, where the family I was born, I loved my dad, but still, where I grew up, the war, the situations after. But the, the biggest and the most important thing, it didn't miss me. I didn't miss that. I missed many things. And some things, you know, were not about me, some things I created also that was part of a problem in my life. But the most important thing didn't miss me. And it didn't miss you. So we are blessed people, no matter what. I just want to read what I felt God is speaking to me, and, I, and it's a window in, into his heart, I believe. And it's from the book of Revelation. I'll read this and I'll finish, so stay with me. It's uh, chapter 3. I'll try to read, so forgive for my mistakes in reading. 
These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you kept my word and you have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews through they are not, but they are liars. I will make them come and fail down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live in the earth. Okay, so what really struck me when I read this and I felt God speaking to me, the, the God is saying to them, in spite of your little strength, in spite of your little strength, you didn't deny me. You kept my word and you didn't deny my name in spite of your little strength. And it's a window in God's heart for us, for what he's looking for. He's not looking for strength. He's not looking for big. He's not looking for amazing. He's amazing. He's big. He's enough. He looks for those who, what they have, how much they have, they kept that. And they endured. There is a message that he gave. It says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently. And that's also a window in God's heart for us. No matter our, how we see our strength, no matter how we see us, he said, my command for you is to endure patiently. In my translation said something similar when I translate this on English, but he says, my message about patience. That's how we translate it in Bosnian or Croatian. I'm reading Croatian Bible. So God commanded us to endure. Part of Christian life is to endure. Uh, he doesn't own us anymore, anything. He gave us everything. He has a right. My favorite scripture, it's also about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Huh? We all know that. It's a great story. Our God can rescue us from this furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. He has a right to do it, and he has a right not to do it. Because only he knows the full, full scale or, you know, only see, he sees the check board let's say that way i like that picture i'm just uh, okay <laughs> and then i'm like okay i'm and then he moved me again 
but he knows the moves. That's why we, we are believers, because we believe that he moves us the way he wants. And whatever he allowed to happen, uh, it's okay. He's, he's going to have us there where we are. He's not going to let, as we know, the trials, tribulations that, are, that he didn't give us strength for to happen to us. Nothing will happen to me that he didn't equip me to go through. Nothing. To you or me, nothing. He's not going to allow that. He'll equip us with grace, with strength, with mercy, with courage, with hope, whatever it's needed to push us through. So I want to encourage you as my brothers and sisters in different parts of the world. This is different dimension. I don't know how many of you were in my part of the world, but here I'm taking picture of, pictures of the lawn. Yeah, before the front of the lawn, everybody's like, you know, the lawn, it's like, it's a different dimension, different world. But it's the same spirit in us, same savior, same father. None of us, it's better than other. Some of you, as David shared, have longer heritage. And often that's something that I would like to speak to young American to say, hey, appreciate your family, appreciate your country, appreciate your church, because you don't even know how blessed you are. You think it's normal. It's not. It's amazing. This is amazing. This place is amazing. You guys are amazing. What you have here, it's amazing. But as they say in Spider movie, to whom much is... Yeah. Let's quote Spider. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. With the great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. My son like, likes that quote. So. But all in grace. All in love. All in, in joy. I mean, I could preach all day. But I'm not. And you don't need that. So, may God bless you. Thank you for being my brothers and sisters. Thank you for walking your walk. So, let us all bury our cross, whatever it is, but Jesus is the one with you and me, helping us come to the place where we need to go. Amen. Amen. So yeah, we just wanted to, um, as Mladen was talking about his beautiful bride, this is Vicky up here and his son Aaron and their chihuahua. So, um, and I can't remember his name a lot. It's Mickey, yeah, Mickey. So, um, but anyway, this is their lovely family and they are so deeply loved by us. And um, so you can remember to pray for them and uh, we just love them deeply and uh you can hear a little bit more about Mladen's story and everything as you kind of like talk with him a little bit. But this morning, if you are with us, um, our ministry team just took some time this morning to really pray and ask what is on the Lord's heart for those who are here today. And 
We have some words of knowledge that are going to come up on the screen. If any of those resonate with you, we would love to take some time and pray with you this morning and pray for you to agree with you. And um, I'm going to ask our ministry team to go ahead and come up and come forward. And even if it's something that's not on this screen, but you would like prayer for anything or just some encouragement or prophetic words, we would love to pray for you. So um, I'm just going to turn it back over to Dave, but we hope you have a great week, y'all. We love you. God bless you. And um, we will see you back next Sunday. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great week.